Welcome to House Party, a podcast where homes and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode. Uh, Rachel, what is your favorite TV show right now? I I feel like I've been talking about this show with almost equal measure as the home improvement shows that we watch. Um, I am currently deep in the bowels of Love Island. As is much of the world. The UK version. Yeah. It's and it's like it's a new season right now, right? Yeah. Well, I think it just ended, but we get it later over here in the US. So um, we're we're all approaching the final week uh, of Love Island and the villa in Mallorca. Oh, wow. Big, big, big deal. I know. What am I going to do afterward? What am I going to (laughs) watch? I'm sure there'll be another one. Don't they like crank them out like every uh like, if they there, started if doing there's the not uk there's gonna be australia right yeah. there's like always yeah some... and they they started doing a winter season but then the pandemic happened and so i don't know if they're gonna do that again this year but mm. yeah it's a huge juggernaut so i'm sure they'll find a way to satisfy guests um or guests <laughs> <laughs> i'm jumping ahead of myself you found this story talk about it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, I did see a story this week that said uh, if you're really into Love Island and you're not hot enough to go there, you can go to a Love Island-inspired Airbnb in Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, I love how you're like if you're and you're not hot enough to go there. <laughs> well, this is that true. Is in fact, it is the major prerequisite. Um, yeah, this home in Scottsdale is done up to look exactly like the villa it is on lots Island. of neon signs everywhere get grafting get grafting there's like yeah a neon sign that says better together love oasis there's like graffiti painted scottsdale it's i i haven't been watching lately but i have definitely seen seasons prior and it's it's spot on. They, I mean, they crack. It's crack on. Crack on. I mean, with Love Island, the nice thing is that you know, over the past seven years or whatever that it's been on, the one thing that's been consistent is the decor. Like mm-hmm. it's and it's iconic. Like you would recognize it anywhere. All the neon, all the bright colors, set against you know white day beds, and um, you know, obviously you have to have a pool outside. And this yeah, place this does. place. Right. It has a pool. Oh, yeah. Big pool. Big conversation pit, fire pit area. For eliminations. Um, for eliminations <laughs> or just for having a crack with your mates. You're going to eliminate uh, somebody from your bachelorette party. I mean, things happen. <laughs> the reviews on this place are raved, too. Like, people are loving it. Mostly bachelorettes. To note, oh, uh, what a surprise! I know, <laughs> but it's it's perfect for a bachelorette party. Like, if it would be it pretty is. fun, it's it's very conducive to like a party nature. Um, yeah, there's like a little like bar area. There's a shuffleboard. There's cornhole, um, pool toys, uh, putt putt golf. How much? Well, you already know how much this place goes for per night. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It's eight. It's like eight hundred a night. Yeah, but it sleeps. What does it sleep? Twelve. Yeah, it says it sleeps twelve, and there's four rooms. Um, so, you know, 
obviously like if you if you split that for a bachelorette party that's not that bad like that's 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 not that bad but um just for any old weekend it's it's quite a splurge but if you're a love island fanatic i could see someone just being like oh my god yeah and we'll link to the to. to the listing in our show notes not that they probably need any more help booking this up but um <laughs> this is just i was excited to see this i haven't seen another love island themed airbnb i i know that we do see from time to time you know tv show themed airbnbs and i i feels like it should be a bigger business than it is it really should it seems like something that people could capitalize on so easily because fandoms are so strong especially zeitgeisty show like i i i know like some people will cringe when i say this but like love island is like a very zeitgeisty show and it has been for the last handful of years oh for sure and so we were saying like Someone could do like a bachelor, bachelorette, mansion themed Airbnb. With 500,000 candles. Yeah. And bad decor. (laughs) Yeah, like velvet red uh, shag or um, swag curtains. And like, yeah, that's your thing. Didn't you find a Stranger Things house in like Oklahoma? Yeah, in St. Louis. uh, there, There was a story about a Stranger Things themed house so like 80s decor with the funny um a b c d e f g like on the wall with the uh christmas lights and yeah just like iconic things about the set that that people would be like oh my god yes i want to stay there um yeah yeah, it's it, it really does seem like a market that more people should capitalize on if you have aspirations of owning and operating an airbnb consider going the theme route (laughs) you don't have to go like you know super traditional like oh white decor and just like clean and whatever like try to get those fans to come and stay at your place especially if you live in a fun city like Scottsdale or Nashville or New Orleans or San Diego or a a place where people go for bachelor bachelorette parties yeah um strategy make we're telling you how to make money on this podcast because we don't have time to do it (laughs) i assume they probably spent a pretty penny to decorate this place accordingly but i imagine they're probably making it back in spades i would definitely say so but yeah i mean it's booked i'm looking at the the calendar it looks like it's pretty much booked for the summer Mm. Maybe once you have the baby, that'll be our our girls trip once you have the baby. Oh, wait. (laughs) I just I just booked it for no, I didn't actually book it, but I put (laughs) instant booking. (laughs) We're going now. Um, There's no turning back for August 31st, which is Tuesday, this upcoming (laughs) Tuesday through September 2nd, because it's a two night minimum. Ah, yeah, for, I see. And it and it dropped it down to only five seventy a night, and so my oh. total would be seventeen ninety one. Okay, well, if you're gonna have a a midweek bachelorette party <laughs> or a girls trip, then a last <laughs> a last hurrah before baby comes Tuesday to Thursday. Oh my god! <gasps> Let's ask now if we can have it off. It has a two hundred and seventy five dollar cleaning fee. I see that. Plus taxes and other fees. 
yeah, this is this is a this costs a pretty penny, but hey, if you're that much of a fan, <laughs> crack on. Crack on. Get grafting. Now we're going to dive into another recap, and for once in a long time, it's not Battle on the Beach. We're tackling something new. <laughs> new but old. New, Yeah, new but old. Yes. Yeah. This week, a house from season one of Fixer Upper landed on the market. If you've been a Fixer Upper fanatic since the beginning, you might remember it from the very second episode, it's called the Gorman House, but in the show, they never used that name. It was named for <laughs> Gorman Avenue, where the house is located. But in the show, they called it the Catastrophe House. And this is because very, it was a very condemned... Very confusing. <laughs> yeah, very confusing. <laughs> Not confusing why it was called the Catastrophe House, however, because this place was a nightmare. It was a condemned home built in 1927 but it was falling apart rotting there were rotting animals inside it was a total wreck um yeah so chip and joe obviously did work their magic and now the house the owners loved it obviously and we'll get into that in a minute but now the house is on the market for 1.2 million dollars yeah and they bought it for twenty five thousand, <laughs> I mean, if they're able to get that price for it, it's it shows that Chip and Joe truly have the magic touch. Um, I mean, <laughs> it's crazy. The house is owned by Chuck Cod, who is a soccer coach at Baylor University, and his wife Charmaine Hooper, who is a retired professional soccer player. So, if you follow soccer. They might be kind of celebrities in your eyes. Yeah. Um, I knew of Charmaine Hooper for sure. Um, yeah. I remember her from the U.S. Women's National Team. Um, don't know too much about Chuck Codd. But <laughs> <laughs> you don't? Um, but, okay, there's a couple things I want to point out. Um, one, the titles of the Fixer Upper television shows in like the first handful of seasons are so long and like very awkward. Like this, the title of this episode is young family embraces revitalization efforts, making their own history. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) Michael Matsumoto. What? (laughs) Um, So that was kind of weird. And this episode aired in 2014. So, I was very curious what the median house price or the median, the, the the average price per square foot was in Waco because, of course, we have seen like a revitalization of the town and, and housing prices have risen. And but a lot of people a, argue. As a result of Chip and Joe, right? A lot of people argue that. Obviously, I don't know how you would prove that. Like Chip, the Chip and Joe factor versus like, um, inflation or whatever, or just like a tighter housing market. But sounds like um, a data story to me. Sounds like Elena, <laughs> our our data journalist, get on it. Um, I'm just gonna throw out some facts. Basically, in 2014, um, when the episode aired, the average price per square foot in Waco was around seventy dollars a square foot, okay. um, and the current 
median price per square foot is 139. Wow. So it's quite a difference. Um, and then obviously this, the Gorman's house, which they're selling for 1.2, um, is priced at 365 per square foot. <laughs> so Right. And we also don't know, speaking from, about comps, this, the neighborhood I believe is called Sanger Heights and it's a mm-hmm. older neighborhood, but I gathered it might be a little bit more affluent. I got that vibe too. Yeah. I With think the exception good... of this condemned house. Yeah, but I'm sure the the residents were like stoked with this renovation. I know. Really... I kept thinking that the whole time. I'm like, they must have been so excited to see yeah. this transformation. They possibly yeah. even more excited than Charmaine and and Chuck. Yeah, and I just one more thing. The I I found that data from um, the Texas A and M University um, website, just like a study that they did. And they have this graph, and it starts to go up right around the end of 2013, beginning of 2014, when Fixer Upper started airing. So Interesting. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I mean, I do know, right? We all know. <laughs> like, it's, Chip, it's Chip and Joe. Yeah. It was interesting watching this episode, too, just because it was only episode two, and we recapped the series premiere, I think, like a year ago or something, mm-hmm. um, a while back. So it, it's still interesting to go back and see how they started and kind of like the rookie mistakes they made. And mm-hmm. I mean, we'll get we'll get into this. We will. It is it is interesting because like they definitely over the years they did refine the like Chip and Joe goofy like give and take vibe that they have with each other but it's very present in this episode like they're still doing like the like you know joe elbowing chip or like or picking a leaf out of his hair yeah like and it's it's all there like that's that was in the sauce from the beginning the authenticity yeah Anyway, let's jump into the episode. So you said that their did you say their budget? Their budget is one twenty five. Was one twenty five. They uh-huh. bought the house for twenty five thousand. So they had a hundred K for renovations, which of course Chip and Joe were like, Yeah, we can totally work with that. And of course, then there are problems down the line and like, oh, I don't know if we can work with that, but in the end they do. Yeah. Because that's the formula. Um Well, and did you notice how the Chuck and Charmaine did the thing that like persists throughout the series where Chip and Joe bring a couple to like a totally crazy house in disarray. It's just such a wreck. It's a horrible house. And the couple's like, oh my God, is this the, this can't be the house. Oh God. Like they just act so like appalled. And it's like, well, they're going to fix it up, guys. I know. <laughs> no, they're going to leave the dead rat. <laughs> it's like maybe the producers are just like, you know, just really play up like how ugly the house is. But it's I'm just always whenever they do that, I'm just like people. <laughs> like, I know. I mean, it's going to get maybe, better. Maybe it was truly jarring in comparison to the other two houses that they showed them. And we're still in the part of the series where Chip and Joe are choosing two other comps to show mm-hmm. right does I it, think don't so. they deal away with that later in the series and they just focus on one uh that's what never I mind hear. i don't know i don't um, know <laughs> but i i can imagine it maybe it would be jarring to see two other houses that you know don't need the, that much work and then to go into something that looks like it's been 
hit by a tornado and by, you know, probably has like a drug addict sleeping upstairs. I mean, there were actual, the camera, I didn't need to see this. The camera focused on a dead rat. <laughs> I was like, I didn't need to see that. I didn't. I, no. She said it as, Joe jo said it as they were walking in. She said, don't look up, don't look down, just look straight ahead. <laughs> um, and, you know, she warned them of what was on the, on the ground. And then the camera pans over. I was like, dude. I got the imagery already. Like, Can we off. have like a rat trigger warning, please? Like a pest <laughs> trigger. I mean, if it had been like a spider or something, you would have like pooped I, yourself. <laughs> I would have turned it off right there. Yeah. <laughs> Rachel, notor- notorious spider phobe, like arachnophobe. Um, anyway. So anyway. yeah. So the house is insanely just derelict and in desperate need of some help um and that's the one that they choose so it's a fun challenge for chip and joe yeah fun (laughs) um fun we are introduced to shiplap the concept of shiplap i wrote the beginning of shiplap exclamation point and then charmaine as joanne is describing it charmaine says she can't really imagine it and i just wrote (laughs) lol because can you imagine, can you not imagine it now? Like, I can't imagine a time when we couldn't imagine shiplap. Can you imagine living in a world where we don't know what shiplap is? I know. I wrote a similar thing. I said, <laughs> Char- Charmaine said, I'll have to see that. I've never seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, strap in. You're going to see it everywhere. <laughs> like, and then Joanna actually has to wait. show her. She has to bring Charmaine to her to the farmhouse that Joe, Chip and Joe are working on for themselves mm-hmm. to show her an example of what shiplap will look like. Yeah. And then, and Charmaine's down with it. She's like, okay. Yeah. Looks, looks good. Pretty like farmhouse style. Okay. I keep saying I don't want to focus on the rat thing, but um, <laughs> in the beginning of the episode or the beginning of the renovation, Chip and Joe bring their kids into the house while they're trying to like kind of make notes of what to do. I'm like, of all the days you didn't get a sitter, like, why are you bringing your kids into this habitat of, like, death and... This infested... Germs and... (laughs) Yeah. You have... You do have a point there. I feel like they probably made the executive decision, like, if it truly was a biohazard they wouldn't have brought their kids in so it certainly looked like one and she's I mean it's like picking up stuff off the ground I'm like it's it's that alive or was that alive at one point I'm not sure yeah I and Chip says know, these are like, crystals and I'm like crystal meth like what is what's happening <laughs> here like it's I just things, I wasn't on board with that children things that children should not be playing with I was like I get um, that you want to you know kind of involve the family in the show and get them you know on screen but this this seems like a weird time to do it anyway and that is a total trope that we see throughout the series too is like the children coming to the site so but yeah I don't I don't recall the children coming to the before site very often I feel like typically as this as this show goes on as the series goes on we see the kids come um, to help mom decorate when like yeah, all like the new stuff or something that, that you know they yeah. can't screw up and it's interesting choice but uh okay anyway, I fine. digress 
<laughs> these are the things I was focused on. Um, the big drama of the episode. Rain after they installed the porch floor. Yeah, they oh said it gosh. hadn't rained in Waco for months. And then literally that day after they installed the porch floor, it rained supposedly out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And the floor hadn't been stained, hadn't been sealed. It ends up buckling in certain places. Um, it could have been an extra two to three thousand dollars out of the budget to fix it. <clears throat> Excuse me, but alas, or not alas, but thankfully, everything is all good, and they just have to remove a couple planks and put in some other ones, and and they're all good. So, the other drama was that the shiplap that they had hoped to keep and paint over ended up being rotted and had mold. So Again, another reason to not bring your children through a house like this. <laughs> yeah, they found that out later, too. Um, they did. Rotten shiplap. <laughs> they they ended up having to use sheetrock instead, which was costlier, I think, something to the tune of $3,400. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do shiplap in one part of the house. One It was like a sitting room area. Uh, so... Charmaine got the shiplap that she was promised, but not mm-hmm. as much of it, which I frankly think was a good decision. I think any more than what they ended up doing would have felt like too much. But I'm not a I'm not a shiplap fan. I have feelings about what Charmaine and Chuck actually thought about the final product. So, oh wait, I do too. <clears throat> okay, Should we just go into it. <laughs> or well, I I'd like to talk about the decor. Um, we we. We can't not talk about the decor of this place because anyone who's watched earlier episodes of Fixer Upper um, knows <laughs> how farmhouse <laughs> the decor was. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, Joanna definitely definitely like smooths it out over the years, but this is season one, and so mm-hmm. it's just like so much word art. There's read in the little reading area for their daughter. There's yum, yum in the kitchen. In the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I wrote that one down. <laughs> yum spelled capital Y, lowercase u, capital M. Yes, it is found lettering. It's not just, yeah, it's it's extra, extra vintage looking. Joanna's hanging a vintage picture frame, uh, but it doesn't have a picture in it. It's like one of those like cracked vintage picture frames next to an antique scale, Next to, like, I'm just like, oh, my God. There's, like, ruffle pillows everywhere and, like, Laura Ashley prints and <laughs> candlesticks that are all chunky in certain parts. I'm just like, holy 2013, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. I do want to also go back one second to the introduction of Clint. Mm-hmm. This was a total example of a rookie mistake that Joe made, she threw out all the reclaimed wood mm. that they had taken down. And so Clint shows up ready to build whatever she wants. And he's like, so where's the wood? And she's like, oh, it's in the dumpster. And he was able to retrieve it. And it was a minor hiccup. But it just also showed how her thoughtfulness for things like that have evolved over the years. If indeed that was an authentic moment. Possibly it was staged. Yeah. I would say, like, never again would she ever make that mistake (laughs) because, right, we always see her putting in reclaimed wood. 
yeah. um, or found wood and like boasting about it to the to the homeowners like oh this this was taken from the banister or not not, not the banister but the, like the floorboards and the downstairs ba- bathroom and now it's like your headboard or something so they uh salvaged it though everything was okay thank goodness <laughs> chip comes in and says we're gonna go get a kitten from the pound this is my favorite part the cat <laughs> and then proceeds to return back to the house with the kids with two cats and a dog <laughs> i was like if that is not the most chip move i've ever seen just chaotic animal zoo coming through like <laughs> they, okay. I, it was a literal cat fight that they had i mean it wasn't a fight but yeah, he, I, I loved it. I lo- this was this is the Chip and Joe content like I, I come here for. It yeah, was just, they're they're bickering over household decisions, and Chip's like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to the pound and look at kittens," and she's like, "I don't want another cat. We don't need another cat." And <laughs> then he comes home with two and a dog, and she's very calm about it. Like maybe she just didn't want to come off as like. You know, she, she didn't want to show her anger on camera and maybe they really ha- had a talk about it when they got home. But uh, she was chill. I I felt like they really spoil their kids. Oh, I don't know. Uh, just that kind of like in that mindset of one cat like, died. Oh, so let, let's go to the pound and get three more pets. Yeah. Doesn't seem. See, I could see how. I could see how they could see that as just like a learning lesson, like in like a Montessori type, like taking care of pets. It's not like they're getting them like five ice cream cones and like yeah. a bar, like a fleet of Barbie cars. But like pets are also like a huge responsibility. I I feel like they see like getting pets or like doing like gardening with their kids is like a learning lesson, like a life lesson for their okay. kids. So it's so it's not like spoiling as much as it's like this is a responsibility that you now have and you're going to learn about, you know, having to be on a schedule and feeding these things and taking care of them and and you know, I having can see concern that. for other animals. I don't know. Once again, um, I take the more cynical view <laughs> and you take the more well, also like one. Also, I'm sure, you know, seeing from your side as well, like, yeah, I'm sure any little kid will be like, mommy, I want a cat. And like most parents are going to be like, no, but Chip and Joe are like, sure, let's get two and a dog. So I can totally (laughs) see how like if your kid is not grounded, like grounded in the sense of like if your kid isn't just spoiled by nature, they'll they'll see that as like, oh, I can get whatever I want. And then that's just... Yeah. Recipe for a spoiled child for the rest of their lives. Right. But. Because, like, to me, getting a pet is not, like, NBD. But it seems like it, obviously, to Chip, and as you said, the way that Joe accepted the information <laughs> that they now had yeah. three more pets than they had that she morning. Did. Um, she seemed like it was no big deal, too. I think, I mean, I, I do think that pets are just, like, no big deal for them because eventually they have like goats and chickens and i don't i don't don't think they have horses but like they have a full-on hobby farm that's like that is true i mean i I and i found i thought i would find it a little bit more acceptable if they already were living in their farmhouse that's true but 
I don't know why I chose this moment to dissect so closely, but <laughs> I just had a lot of thoughts about it. Um, but And then, you know, the ensuing chaos that they showed the, the kids running around after these kittens who were, you know, everywhere. Yeah. And they're just like, no big deal. And I, I'm like, that would stress me out. But that would Chip and Joe, so they, much. They thrive on it. So much. And I think for most people, it would stress. Like, yes, if my husband came home with a, two cats and a dog when I said, please no, I would be pissed. <laughs> I would be pissed. I'd be, it's a big deal. Like, pets are a big deal for most families, but for Chip and Joe, they're just it's not. It's just another. <laughs> Another Tuesday, I guess. Just another day on the farm. But that is a good point that they they weren't living in their farmhouse just yet. Um, anyway. All right. Well, let's talk about the final product and, and what the couple thought. Okay. About the place. In a nutshell, way too farmhouse for my tastes. Yeah. And frankly, I think it was too farmhouse for their tastes. Same. But at no Same. point in the show did we see... Charmaine explaining Charmaine or Chuck I'm not giving Chuck the benefit of the doubt here (laughs) we we didn't see the couple explaining what they wanted and Mm -hmm. maybe they just said to Joe go have fun be free do what your thing yeah do what you do and we'll love it but I sort of expected to have some sort of idea of Charmaine and Chuck's style and Joanna to try to incorporate that more than she did I I feel like the only the biggest way in which she did that was building the playroom for their their daughter I feel the exact same way just their reaction and maybe they're just not like super expressive you know because some of these couples like literally fall on the ground and start like crying (laughs) like (laughs) we openly weeping yeah so but it just sure <laughs> Charmaine's like wow 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 that's all I can say wow wow and she says it almost seems too posh for us yeah she did say that and maybe yeah people were just on the show and they said we have this here's this designer Joanna Gaines and this is her style and the couple was like great we get a free decorated house awesome we're not free but we get we get yeah. like a designer to decorate our house cool um, but yeah, I just didn't, I, I would bet that this was not their vibe. I did like the exterior, the, the, the green color with the white trim was really beautiful, really crisp. The and landscaping I was impeccable. Got the impression they also liked the exterior and yeah. were maybe a little bit disappointed <laughs> when they walked inside. I don't know. I don't want to project. Walked, when they walked in and saw yum in the yum. kitchen. <laughs> Oh, I bet wow was on the wall somewhere. That's why she just kept saying it. And I'll I'll point out, and this is in our story about the house being for sale now. And we, again, we'll link to it in the show notes. Uh, the house is on VRBO with a rental fee of over $500 per night. I don't know how long it's been on VRBO. So I have to wonder how long did Chuck and Charmaine actually live there? Mm-hmm. Before because they're it still up for rent because they're the sellers and they have been running the VRBO yeah they 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 still own the house so um 
Because they, because yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, now I'm just, I'm just totally speculating, and it's probably really unfair to do. But it's kind of like, okay, did you hate it, and then immediately find another house that you preferred, and now you're just capitalizing on the cachet of this one for people who do like farmhouse and come mm-hmm. to Waco or want to, you know, visit um, all the Chip and Joe tourist attractions. It's kind of like what we were talking about, a themed Airbnb. Right. This is this is a full-on Ch- Joanna Gaines, Magnolia Homes, like, themed Airbnb in Waco, Texas. So, like, if you're into that, this is the place for you to rent. Um, anything else we can say about this house or the episode? Um, yum. <laughs> I really... I. I Tell me, is this a uh, slogan that anybody else uses besides Charmaine? She said Joanna is, uh, you know, a master at turning crappy into happy. Uh, I've never heard that used. That 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 might. I think she just... was trying to make it happen. She said it a couple of times <laughs> during the episode. I mean, it's not bad. Mm. I mean, it, it's catchy. It's cat- it rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. It doesn't seem on brand for Joanna. I don't think Joanna would use the word crappy crappy she did use the term butt chewing (laughs) (laughs) i missed that really you did (laughs) yeah i did it was when when clint was mad at her for throwing out the reclaimed wood and she said that's what we would call a butt chewing (laughs) oh like he was chewing chewing her out chewing her out she called it a butt chewing okay Maybe it's a Texas thing. Maybe yeah, I I loved the the little Southern flair in there. That was nice. It is. It is nice to see that. I'm gonna have to um, start using that. <laughs> anyway, uh, this was a fun one to to revisit. It really did feel like just the d- standing on the precipice of this huge, massive like pop culture phenomenon, and just like seeing where it all started. So. Mm-hmm. With the introduction of Shiplap and meeting Clint Harp and, you know, just so much modern farmhouse. It was it was a good one. Um, if you want to watch this, we watched it on Discovery Plus. I think I think that's the only place you can watch it now. I think they've moved I looked on Hulu and it was like, you have to have a special plug in. So um if you have Discovery Plus, you can check this out. Uh let us know what you think. Podcast at realtor.com. And if you buy the house, let us know. <laughs> yeah. And if you have 1.2 and you're like, oh my gosh, I must, invite us down and we'll do a live podcast from there. All right, let's move on to winners and losers. It has been a while. Yeah, it's been a minute since we've done this segment. We do have some good ones for you. Uh we're going to start with our loser. Rachel, why don't you talk? <laughs> I'm giving you the loser. <laughs> Thanks. Sorry. Thanks for this. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll start with our loser. It's actually a little bit uh, somber and a little weird to go from our last segment into this one. But uh, our loser this week is Danny Masterson. Uh, he's the actor most known for being on that 70s show and he is now facing criminal trial on allegations of multiple rapes that happened around 20 years ago Mm -hmm. 
he's our loser for having to place his historic Hollywood Hills mansion on the market in order to get collateral for his $3.3 million bond to stay out of jail while awaiting trial. Yes. The house is incredible. And it's on the market for $7 million. He bought it for three million in twenty in sorry, two thousand seven. So, so he's had it for a while. Yeah. I mean And he decor because the decor is good in this place. Yeah. I mean, you can be accused of terrible things and still have good <laughs> I know, decor. I, <laughs> I like how I'm like, wow, okay. Like you could be They're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> You can be a crooked person and still have good design taste, I guess. True. Um, it also it, yeah. uh, once belonged to Chuck Berry. So yes. it's got a celebrity pedigree. Obviously, it's on the market for more than double what he paid for it in 2007. But it sounds like he's going to need all of that money for his criminal defense. Yeah, this one is a touchy one, like I said. Um but the house is really pretty, so if you want to see a really pretty, like, Spanish-style Hollywood Hills house, you can look at the photos in our show notes. Yeah. I mean, somebody's going to buy it, and I'd be very interested to see who does, maybe another celebrity. I mean, there's a recording studio, a big recording studio, so I don't know. It's it's a cool house. Anything else about this one? No. Uh, just it's a story with layers. It's got um, there's a lot of interesting things about the house itself. And then there's the whole criminal case. And yeah, there's a lot going on. So we'll be following it to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on to our winner. Our winner is a bit of a surprise. Um, the person who purchased this house. So our winner is Will Arnett. Actor. Mm-hmm. Of development. Um, podcaster. Doesn't he mm-hmm. do a podcast with Jason Bateman? Jason Bateman. Mm-hmm. So Will Arnett is our winner for buying a modern farmhouse mansion for just shy of $1.6 million under asking. He got a deal. Yeah. Surprising given the last house he owned and recently sold was super contemporary. Like as contemporary as contemporary can get. So contemporary, so clean lines. Glass and steel and and whatnot. Yeah, not a hint of shiplap or brass or treated. Yeah, it, it's it's so different. Um, but I feel like if Will Arnett is going to buy a farmhouse, like clearly he likes contemporary. So if he is going to buy a farmhouse, this one is pretty contemporary. Yeah, it's the most modern of modern farmhouses out there, I think. Yeah, th- that big range hood. There's like a big steel looking range hood. Like it's pretty industrial. And in, I almost wouldn't call it farmhouse. I mean, there's some aspects that are rustic. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. I think they're calling it farmhouse because of the light um, plank floors and, and the probably exterior. like the, the shiplap paneling on the walls. And yeah. yeah, and then the exterior, I think. And then just the use of marble. Like there's, and like um, uh, a lot of the, the light fixtures too. Like there's like chandeliers that look sort of like industrial farmhousey. 
This is a, it's like a conversation we can get into at another time, but I have this thought often that I think we're almost in a place where farmhouse is so much in the, the zeitgeist. Like I almost think it's overused as a terminology. Yeah. Um, just, just like I think I was having this discussion the other day with somebody about gaslighting being overused oh, yeah. as a term. Um, not that they are anything alike, but I do think that it's just entered our our vocabulary. I just I want to know what, where's the line? Like, where do you what what constitutes as? It's like a filler word. At, yeah, at a certain point. I know. And like, what's modern farmhouse versus industrial farmhouse versus? I don't well, know. There's other types of farmhouses. Didn't we talk about this with like the word boho too? Yes. Yeah. Didn't we, you're like, what is boho? Like boho is like 25 different things. Like it can be, it's so open to interpretation. And maybe that's right. just because design is subjective. Yeah. Sort for the most part. Um, no, that's a good point. I mean, yeah, like this is borderline farmhouse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I th- I think it's a gorgeous house. I think the fact that he got a deal on it is great. It's in it's in the valley, right? Oh no, it's in Beverly Hills. He bought it for 16.4 million and it was originally offered at just shy of 18 million. Mhm. And it's brand new. Yeah. Brand new. Makes sense. I will not debate. I, I, I wouldn't really change much in this place. <laughs> Does it look dated to you? <laughs> Doesn't look dated. No. <laughs> this looks. You probably walk in and it smells like new fr- new house smell. Love that smell. Um, yeah. God. 16.4 million. I guess the podcast industry is good <laughs> for him. <laughs> well, he he just done the Lego movies and. Oh, that's true. Uh Bojack Horseman, and he's done stuff since Arrested Development. Oh, apparently he's mm-hmm. going to be on the second season of The Morning Show. Oh, uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Which is dropping, I think, pretty soon. Wait, I, he totally fits The Morning Show vibe. <laughs> I can totally <laughs> see that. That that makes sense. Huh. I like that show. We liked that show. Yeah. I definitely plan on watching season two. Yes. Anyway, uh, on that note. Yeah. So <laughs> check out the photos in our show notes. We will link to the story. We might even post these on Instagram. So follow oh, yeah. us and take a look at those because they're nice and very um, eye-catching. Well, and you can weigh in and let us know, is it farmhouse or is it modern? Yeah, let's do a poll actually on Instagram. I like that. That's good. We can do a poll and then we can be like, if you have further thoughts, put them in a comment. DM us. Mm -hmm. Let's have a debate. (laughs) Design people rise up. Slide into those DMs. Slide on in. Um, And that is it for House Party. Thank you for tuning in. Like I said, all the stories we talked about will be in our show notes. Uh, There'll be links. You can also go to realtor.com slash news to check out all of these lovely stories and the photos. Google help. Google is at your resource uh, is at your fingertips as well. It's, it's a good resource. <laughs> Plug for Google. <laughs> they need it, so, man. Very important. Um, and little if Google. you, 
if you liked our ramblings and awkward chuckling, um, give us a five-star rating and write us a review. We love doing this podcast and we love to hear what you have to say. So let us know. If you want to slide into our email, you can reach us at podcast at realtor.com. That's podcast at realtor.com singular. Sorry. Realtor.com is is also singular. (laughs) That that made sense. Okay. Uh, (laughs) You can also find us on social media. As we mentioned, we are going to post some bonus content and get your opinion. We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our handle is at House Party Pod on all three. Thank you again for pressing play, and we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye.